Welcome to the NPL Sunday Night Show, powered by the Brisbane Football Review. Hosted by Scott Owen. Well, firstly, what a surprise Adam goes through a game at Morton Bay. And Adam Pace. I was gonna say, I was actually gonna say, yep, that's that's pretty much me in a nutshell. Let's let's go have this one. Your weekly NPL recap starts now. And welcome to another of the NPL Sunday here on the Brisbane Football Route. Is Scott and Adam as usual? Adam, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm very good. Another busy weekend. Not quite as busy as you would have liked with the weather, but still managed to get a fair few games in. I tell you what, look at the bar forecasts. Uh, the way I'm talking, you know, midweek, it makes you surprised where any games are uh, played. So the fact that we've got, you know, half at least half the uh, games across the league done, I think it was actually, you know, some good fortune. It was. And we've had more than enough rain for one year. If we can just get from now to the end of the NPL season without any more interruption, that would be absolutely fantastic. Coming back on the show tonight, we will recap all the action from the last seven days, including the midweek catch-up games in the NPL and FQPL, as well as all the weekend matches, Adam, but we will start in the MPL men's competition. And actually, before we cover the game we're at today, I want to go back to the midweek games just quickly. There were three games played midweek from the MPL competition. Round 12, Gold Coast Knights played Logan Lightning, a two-all draw in that one down on the Gold Coast. Logan led 2-0 in that game before the Knights came back and rescued a point. And from round 16, Olympic FC 5, Morton Bay United 2, Eastern Suburbs 2, Peninsula Power won. So a couple of upsets there, Adam, but one in particular which is very relevant. Logan Lightning continuing there. They're really good for spell form. We'll get to the weekend performance in a minute, but good result midweek as well. Yeah, uh, they they, ser- they certainly sort of, you know, they took they took uh, Gold Coast Knights a limit at at um, Croatian Sports Centre as well. So they, they, they are tuning up very, very nicely. Obviously, the Australia Cup is obviously definitely on the um, on the horizon for them, but certainly some uh, some good results. And they, they are a team sort of in form at the moment. And also as well, they've been in the, in the gun as far as in the relegation places as well. So it's a timely sort of uh, run of form for Logan. It most certainly is. We'll move on to the weekend fixtures now, which was from round 18 in the NPL men's competition. Two games were postponed. Gold Coast United and Peninsula Power. That'll be caught up later date, as will Eastern Suburbs against Gold Coast Knights. So the four games that were played, we'll start with one which we covered in person today, Adam, out there at the gold line. It was a, a home game for the Brisbane Roar out there against the Lions. It was a 3-1 win. Two goals from Alex Fechner, one from Andy Pengelly, Gave them a 3-1 win. Sam Kogan got a goal back for the Raw right on the halftime break. But it was a bit of a weird game, but but Lions put the game away pretty early on. Yeah, it's, uh, it was weird in the sense that Lions were cruising um, at 2-0 up. Alex Fechner, in, in the space of four minutes, um, it scored, scored twice. And you're thinking, oh, this could, be, this could get uh, nasty as far as the scoreline goes. But uh, it's almost a bit like Lions um, almost invited Young Raw back into the game. And then the goal just before for halftime, albeit some sort of dubious uh, circumstance as far as the, the free kick that was given that, that you know, led up to the goal. But uh, be that as it may, you know, the Young Raw were able to get one back. And it sort of actually took Lions until you know, 10 minutes before the, uh, the end for Andy Pangeli from a set piece to head home to make the point safe. But yeah, it was a... Um, 
it, it seems to be a very, very, very sort of, you know, a casual performance, I'll say, by by Lions. Whereas I think the Young Raw, I think they were, they were definitely, you know, much better than they were against City eight nights ago. Yeah, I think with the um, the free kick for the Raw goal, I think there was one given pretty similarly the other way in the second half. So it, it was it was at least a consistent really throughout the 90 minutes. That's all you can really ask for. And whether you agree or not, it's up to the individual, but it was at least consistent. I, I do agree with you about Lions. It wasn't their most fluent performance, but given the other results we'll get to later on, finding a win it was just, was the most paramount thing, and they managed to do that. But for the Raw, I thought they were a lot more defensively compact and solid today. I know they, didn't, they had nine men last week against Brisbane City, but it just, they seemed a lot more organised. Did you get the same same read? Yeah, look, the, the goal, the goals that they conceded, it was, this wasn't as if they were sloppy uh, goals that, you know, that, that, you know, where a player, you know, misread. They're like, again, they're, they're all quality goals from Alex Fechner. And that's, a, that's the one thing about the Golden Boot Leader at the moment is that he, he is scoring some very, very good goals. And, you know, most defences, you know, not just the 11th place team in the league, most defences will concede those those types of goals if you give them half an opportunity. So, look, uh, I think defensively the raw... You know, had been much better. Obviously, were boosted by the turn of the more experienced Trent Millard at uh, at left back. Uh, I thought that uh, that the uh, young that um, Sam Cogan as well. I think he had a very very good game to go to go with his goal. But defensively, he was very solid. Um, and, and and yeah, and uh, Dylan Manecki, who uh, who played the first half before coming off, uh, the sort of you know strugg- still struggling to get over his his injuries. I, I thought they were they were very good um, for, for them. Obviously, you know, conceding those goals is probably not ideal, but you know, if you look at performance over result, um, they they were certainly better value than they were, like I said, against against City and a, a number of games this season. Yeah, it's just consistency with the Roars that it's not able to produce that on a consistent basis. If you took tonight's performance in isolation, they'd be able to produce that or near enough to it most weeks. They'd probably find themselves much further up the table, wouldn't they? Yeah, I think so. I think that's what it comes down to. I think it's consistency. They've had, they've had some sort of, you know, awful run as far as, and a lot of it, it look, it's self-inflicted. I'm not going to you know, jump on that bandwagon of blaming the refs or blaming anything else. A lot of it about, you know, not finishing with, um, you know, with, with the full complement on the park. And that obviously, uh, that, that especially for young players, you know, after a while, adversity sometimes can really sort of be the downfall. And, uh, and but this this is like, as I said, you take away the scoreline, 3-1, look, a lot, a lot of other teams have been beaten up a lot worse by Lions this year, by this by this outfit. So 3-1, you know, when you when you look at it, you know, it, it's, it's not a bad result. Obviously, when you look at the ladder, and them seeing eleventh, and again the we'll get to that. Yeah, you you know where I'm going with that. Um, obviously, it doesn't bode well. Just hold your horses on that for a few <laughs> minutes, and just before we hear from the both coaches, it, it, with Lions, what does finally? It is also a, a really good sign that even though they didn't play anywhere near their best, so they were still able to to grind out a pretty comfortable win. Look, uh, good good teams always find a way, and they and they didn't. It was their it was their main goal scorers that that led the way. It most certainly was. They are right near the top of the Golden Boot standings. After the game, we caught with the head coach of Lions to see Darren Syme and the head coach of the Raw Academy, Chris Cross. Let's see what they had to say after the after Lions picked up a 3-1 win over the Raw Academy. And we'll be back right after this. We're talking with the coach of Lions, Darren Syme. Darren, good win here over Raw Academy. Must be happy with that? Uh, I'm happy with the three points, absolutely. Yeah. How about the way your side played? Uh, not, not, not so impressive for you, are you? 
Uh, no, listen, I think there was areas that I think tonight we probably could have uh, handled a little bit better. Um, uh, you know, certainly when we're at 2-1 for a long period of time, there, there's always a chance that they, uh, they can, you know, get back into the game. Um, so it was, it was nice to see Pengers step up and, uh, and bury that last one. So he thoroughly deserved it. That's what good players do. But did you notice that they're all trying to try and make life more difficult for you? Um, no, I think we made our lives more difficult <laughs> than, than, than necessary. But, you know, uh, you know they, they obviously came here just to kind of uh, to block passing channels and try and hit us on the counter. But I think, to be, to be fair, we, I think we dealt with it quite well. You know. That's a crucial three points in terms of the race to the top of the table when you've got a nice buff. Are you starting to look at that potentially a couple of games away from some bit of silver? Oh, all of a sudden... You know, our goal was to, to win the Premiership at the start of the year and, and obviously that hasn't changed regardless of how close we are. Um, the uh, got a big game against Gold Coast this weekend coming up. You know, they'll certainly come through all the last time we played them um, and we snuck it in the last minute. So uh, they'll certainly come here full of confidence. Um, but, you know, on this pitch where it's, uh, you know, it's a bit bigger, so we're, we're looking to, you know, kind of push the ball around a little bit more than we did uh, down at Coplex. So you can do that next week. Great, Jason. Good luck. Thanks, boys. I'm talking about the coach of the Royal Academy, Chris Grossman. Chris, not the result you would have been hoping for, but an improved performance based on last week? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I think we managed to keep 11 players on the pitch this week, which was uh, which was a positive. I think uh, I'm really disappointed with the way we gave, or the manner we gave away goals tonight. Um, it was disappointing set piece at the end. I think uh, it was frustrating because I thought we... We came with a plan to frustrate them. I think we did that. Um, I mean, we didn't have a massive amount of opportunities, but we didn't pull the trigger either. So uh, it was disappointing. But, uh, but yeah, we're, we're, we're a work in progress. So hopefully, uh, you know, next week we can uh, continue to put some more pieces together. Um, a bit of a new look back fourth week. How do you think the defensive unit went today? Yeah, fine. Um, Dylan's still overcoming a knock that he took two weeks ago now, so it's a bit frustrating. He's not got over that just yet. Um, Jacob McGuckin came in tonight. I thought it was really good. It's uh, That's what our academy's about, providing opportunities. And um, he, he was really good tonight, I thought. So um, that, that's what it's about. Fernando and Nathan Guy came back today from playing a week at, at uh, state championships. So, um, you know, the boys show they want to play. It's just getting consistent performances, which for us has been difficult this year. This has been a difficult year coming towards the end. Is it hard to try and keep the motivation levels up now, given the finals are out of the picture and all everything else is kind of sorted for you? Uh, not really. I think uh, there should be motivation enough for these boys. Uh, some of them are involved in youth national teams, which is a fantastic uh, achievement for them and the club. And, um, you know, they've got to earn their places for next year. I've been very honest with them to say this year's not been good enough. It's not been the year that I've, I've had um, envisaged. So uh, we're going to look far and wide for, for players that want to be here and we'll look at the, the remaining sort of quarter of our season and, and, and give players opportunity that show they want to be here. And next year, we, we have to be competitive. I'll make sure we will. Um, and we'll continue to build as of, you know, this moment moving forward. Unlucky sign. Good luck. Thanks, Thanks. And thank you to Darren and Chris, as always, for their time out there at Lions Stadium on Sunday evening. Adam, we can, we'll basically, move on. We, we can basically call them regulars, can't we? Uh, we probably should call them regulars at this point. <laughs> we'll move on to the rest of round 18, and we can start off with Olympic FC, another regular on the show. A three-all draw at home to Kapalabar. Two goals from Luke Murphy and one from Matt Gordon. The first of those two those from, 
Those two goals from Luke Murphy, I beg your pardon, were from the penalty spot. They gave Capalba a 3-0 lead in this game, Adam, before a Zach Kierpel hat-trick got Olympic a point in the game. But that doesn't really tell the full story, does it? This is probably uh, sort of, yeah, I'm sure, around the grounds as it was when we were at Lions today. This is probably the, probably the most talked about game of the season, I'm going to say, because I think with a lot of people last night, you know, on uh, either by, by whichever way, like normally with us, it's, you know, Football 24. We, we were obviously covering um, the FQPL game at the time between Magpies, Crusaders, and, and uh, Southside Eagles. And, um, and yeah, like I said, the whole so the with Capalabar bottom of the league winless Capalabar three 0 up over you know title aspirants uh, Olympic. It certainly got a lot of people's attention, and then obviously the fight back from Olympic. And uh, yeah, very very controversial uh, end to this, this match as well. It was so we had two red cards in this game for Capalabar. Firstly, the goalkeeper was sent off as well as Christian Carboni later on. What's your what's your read on those two? Two red cards, Adam. I thought Tommy Osarich was probably hard done by. I'd say, you know, just just sort of looking at it. Uh, yeah, like I, I think they they got they might have got one um, the rubber green there Olympic. I thought, yeah, it's it's one again. It's a fifty fifty call. You know, I, I can see why. I can see why the referee gave gave the gave the red card until he gave the decision that way. But, you know, I think in hindsight, looking back, I think they might have a second thought about it. Absolutely. The yellow one was pretty clear, wasn't it? Mm. Oh, yeah. I mean, (laughs) you know, uh, doubt that one. That was was pretty pretty clear. It wasn't. Before we move on from this game, it was worth mentioning, there was a a, uh, surprise addition to the Capalabar side, which got a bit of traction on Saturday night. A former Brisbane Raw captain and championship winner, Adam? Yeah, uh, yeah, the the uh, the one and only Matt Mackay making his debut in uh, for for Kapalaba. He obviously he has been running around. We know in the lower leagues uh, uh, for for uh, Kapalaba's Metro One team. So I said obviously it sounds like he's a, it's an SOS call and uh, and yeah, so and did quite well in the middle of midfield. We'll have to see if he continues to play for the Bulldogs in the remaining games they have for the rest of the season. Elsewhere in round 18, two games played on Sunday. Adam will take these one at a time. Your side, Morton Bay United, had a 3-2 defeat at home to Logan Lightning. Uh, Kyron Walters, sorry, Kyron, Marquez Walters, beg your pardon, and Nathan Beagley on the score sheet for Morton Bay. Jacob Fuller, Ryan Kavanagh, and Eddie Bidwell on the score sheet for Logan Lightning. That's pretty much um, the end of Morton Bay's top four hopes, isn't it, unfortunately, for another year? I would say it's been it's not a great week for Morton Bay. You know the, the loss, the loss midweek, and then uh, this loss this afternoon. That that's all she wrote as far as Morton Bay's uh, chances. I would say given their run home, uh, yeah. Look, it, it's even the most eternal optimist that you get. Yeah, I think I think you know, a mid-table finish, and even they, they want to be careful that the the effort doesn't drop off because I think they're closer to relegation than they are to finals at the moment. So, so yeah, no tough tough week. Uh, yeah, it, it was a uh, period where where Logan were able to score just before half time and two just after half time, which really sort of you know which uh, did them in. The, the Jacob Fulks goal. Jacob Fulks' goal you know, to, to make it uh, one all. Yeah, the fending was not great, if, uh, if I have to say so myself. I'll leave you to say that. But from the Logan perspective, it's another huge three points for them in their 
quest to avoid the drop. So four points gained on the road this week. It's a huge boost for James Coote's side as they now switch their attention to that Australia Cup tie down in Adelaide. Look, they they, they go up against the league leaders in, um, in in the MPL South Australia, Adelaide City on the road. But look, I think you know they they go they'll go into that game with confidence. They you know a, a big win. Um, over over Morton Bay, you know, a, a, a very very good draw against uh, Gold Coast Knights. I, I, like I said, I think the underdog tag may suit them. And I, I look, I, I'm not going to stand here and say, oh, they're they're a lock to win or anything like that. But I certainly think that they may be up for a very very good performance against their heavily favoured Adelaide City um, on Wednesday night. I have to see how they go in that one. Wish them all the best of luck. They did climb out of the relegation zone here in Quinta for a couple of hours at least. However, in the final game of round 18. Brisbane City went up to Ballinger Park, a very tough place for teams to go at the best of times. They came away with a 2-1 win, Adam. Uh, Oliver Duncan on the score sheet for the Wanderers, cancelled out by Fraser Hills, and then an 88th-minute winner from Utah Hirayama to get the three points for Brisbane City to come back down down the highway with, and they could be absolutely crucial for for the inner-city side. Yeah, uh, Fortress Ballinger has been breached. That's uh, Sunshine Coast Wanderers' first loss at Ballinger Park. Uh, yeah, and uh, a, a winner there for you to Hiriyama, although he was able to tap home from about 30 centimetres thanks to a brilliant um, Fraser Hills cross. He he had you know, a great game. And look, Brisbane City as well. Same things I just said about Logan going into there. Their um, Australia Cup tie on Wednesday night, they, they'll go into that tie as winners, but they, they can go in as, I'd say, heavy favourites against Coburn City. Goals from 30 centimetres off 30 yards. It doesn't make any difference. Matter. They all count one and the same. Looking at the table in the MPL men's competition, Lions FC, they have a five-point lead at the top on 42 points out of Olympic on 37. Gold Coast Knights inactive this week on 30. Peninsula Power 29. That rounds out your top four. There's Gold Coast United 23, Sunshine Coast Wanderers 22, Morton Bay 21, East 21, Brisbane City 18, Logan 17, Brisbane Royal Academy on 9, Capalabar on 4. So we won't talk about the top four this week too much, Dan, because it's pretty much there, settled there or thereabouts. Maybe Gold Coast United can still make a last-minute push to push into that. But we'll talk more about the bottom end of the table where these continued results of Brisbane City and Logan picking up points it's going to drag a couple of teams who we thought might have been safe right back into the into the danger zone. Absolutely, and uh, like I said, I I maintain that the home and away ties between Brisbane City and Logan, coupled with potentially uh, Australia Cup commitments as well, that's going to be the key to to that final relegation spot this season. And and you're right, I think East. East, uh, even though they've got a couple of games in hand, but they they need to convert a couple of those those uh, games in hand into points. Morton, Morton Bay as well, I think uh, they're pro- they're only a win win or two. Like I said, they're two losses outside of of the um, relegation spots. So they, they, as I said before, it's key that yes, they lost they, they lost two games in a week, but they've got to at least keep on picking up points because uh, the the rele- that relegation spot is is coming, and I don't think. The standard twenty points is going to be enough this year. I think with with the with the uh, the way that the rules are as far as you know Brisbane Rules exemption, uh, that that threshold as far as where where the cutoff points are safe, I think it's going to be a lot higher than the traditional twenty points. It certainly does appear that way. Twenty points last year was what it took to get safety for the Bulldogs. They'll take a bit more than that 
this year for whoever it is that manages to survive. I'll have to see who that ends up being. And moving on now to the NPL Women's Competition. Adam, where there were only the two games played this weekend, once again due to the wet weather. Out there, it's out there at Wakeley Park on Saturday night. South Shinai picked up a 1-0 win over the Sancho Coast. One was a goal from Holly Gray just after the halftime break. Gave the, gave the home side the win in that game. And the, the other game played was at Goodwin Park on Sunday between the home side QAS and Olympic. That game was also reversed due to the wet weather. It was a 5-1 win for Olympic in that one. A hat-trick from Rosie Sutton, Innocent Michael and Christina Amadjui also on the score sheet there. Tomorrow 11 for the QAS and a couple of important wins there for there for Olympic and South, but particularly South, Adam, who move up into the top two with that result. Yeah, no, handy win for South, uh, despite that they've played the most games um, in in the league at the moment with you know, played 11. But as we as we say, points in the bank is probably better than you know trying to chase points uh, in midweek catch-up games. Uh, but yeah, look, they 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 are going well well at the moment, especially at home on the synthetic pitch, which almost even this weather guarantees at least they're going to play their games. That's the reason why they've played so many games. And also a good win against a a Sunshine Coast Wanderers side who you know are, are very very are a good team and they. So they uh, they put up a hell of a fight, but uh, yeah, that one crucial goal uh, was the difference. Absolutely. So so far at the moment, we'll go through the table now because we haven't done so in the last couple of weeks due to there not being a complete round in the NPL Women's. But the high water market of the games played is South United on 11 games played. You've got also right down this Gold Coast United and Morton Bay who've played just eight. So there's plenty of catch-up games to be played in the NPL Women's. So I have to see how they do. Shake out. But looking at the table now, Adam Lions SC, they do sit top of the table on 27 points with their unbeaten record so far this year. Then South United 14, Eastern Suburbs 14, Capalaba, Olympic FC, they are in fourth place, rounding out the finals positions. Then you have Capalaba in fifth, Gold Coast United sixth, Santa Coast Wanderers seventh, QAS eighth, and Morton Bay, you know, rounding out the table. And there's Adam between second and seventh, there's just two points separating those sides. So very, very tight competition. I swear that that uh, between second and seventh, that 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 part of the table I think is continually shifts every week. You know, normally across many other um, tables, obviously it's a fairly sand one. But uh, it looks like South obviously this week who are the leaders in the in that second place, and uh, all Sun, Sunshine Coast are at the bottom of the pile. Who a couple of weeks ago they were up in third. So points are going to be a premium in that um, that part of the table. I think that's going to remain a very very competitive. Um, um, part of that uh, of, of of that league, uh, obviously Lions out out uh, you know on their own, and we did hear tonight that they uh, uh, that they we they're 48 unbeaten, so they're two two uh, unbeaten games away from that magical 50, we'll which we think they... will come up against Sunshine Coast Wanderers in a couple of weeks' time at uh, the Gold Line. We'll see if anyone can knock them off in the meantime. I'm sure everybody is gunning for that one. We'll have to see if they're able to get there. Move on quickly to the FQPL Women's as well, Adam. We were talking about the women's game. There was one game played midweek, which was a round 13 catch-up game. It was a 2-1 win for the league-leading Peninsula Power at Spencer Park over Brisbane City. In um, Lee Phillips and Katie Shearer got, got the points for Peninsula Power in that one. The three games played in FQPL 1 over the weekend from round 15. Western Pride picked up a 2-1 win over 
Southwest Queensland Thunder, an own goal and a goal from Abby Lloyd gave Western Pride the points in that one. At Tarawa Park, it was a 4-1 win for Mitchelton over Logan Lightning. A, a brace from Golden Boot leader Kaylee Poufroy helped Mitchelton on their way in that game. And the final game of the round was a 1-0 win for Brisbane City over the gap. A goal from Stephanie Latham in the second half gave City the points in that one, Adam. And once again, it's a pretty tight competition, FQPL1, particularly once you look away from Peninsula Power. It is it's becoming um, a fairly interesting uh, competition as far as obviously Peninsula Power at the moment well out in front. I think they, they're pretty much going to yeah, I'm going to win the, the premiership. But after after sort of uh, looking at the FQ rules competition again, we sort of discovered that it's actually two uh, promotion spots for for FQPL one to go into MPL Women's next season. So that that sort of almost changes the outlook and view of the of the league because Mitchelton at the moment they're in that that promotion spot of 31 points, but uh, Western Pride are only two points behind and uh, have have a game in in hand and then even Brisbane City, even though they're they're five points behind, a couple of wins, you know, against those two teams, which I know they do play them both at some point, and all of a sudden they could be in promotion. So it it is gonna be a very fascinating, you know, run to run to the finals as, as far as you know, you know, as far as that, that second promotion spot. See and Brisbane City to pick up a very important win actually over Mitchelson just a couple of weeks ago when we were out there covering the double header at Trouble Park. So that could prove to be Absolutely crucial. We'll have a look at the table now, Adam. As you mentioned, Peninsula Power, they are clear on top of the table on 38 points ahead of Mitchelton, who sit in that second promotion spot on 31. Then it is Western Pride, 29. Brisbane City, 26. And Virginia, 21. Southwest Queensland Thunder, 10. Logan, 6. The gap on 2. So it is very much a 5 into 4 race for the finals, but those top 4 sides have probably got their eyes on a much bigger prize than just the final spot. As you pointed out, yeah, and I think that, um, uh, and as I was saying before about the uh, MPL women's, as far as you know, having points in the bank, uh, yeah, as opposed to try chase games midweek, and I think that that applies especially to Western Pride that 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 loss at our Bishop Park to Virginia that that may that may be at the end of the day could could potentially cost them promotion uh, because if they hadn't won that game, uh, they're they're in 32 and they're sitting in second spot. So a lot of these games, I think they need to be um, they need to be sort of you know the, the teams of guys show up and you know perform because uh, it, it is that tight. I have to see how it all does shake out. It should be a very interesting title fight in FQPL one on the women's side. We'll look at FQPL one on the men's side. Adam, we'll go through the results now and then we might talk about a couple of talking points. At it after that, but from the results from round 18, FQPL1, Magpies Crusaders 3-1 winners over Southside Eagles in a game which we did cover on our on our social media platforms. Two goals from Morgan Taunas and one from Jeremy Green gave Magpies Crusaders the points in that game. Mitchelton 1-0 winners over Western Pride. A goal from Jaden Nightingale gave the home side the win in that game. Three all draw today out there at Eric Evans Oval between Ipswich Knights and Redlands United. A late equaliser there for the Ipswich Knights in that game and the final game of the round, Southwest Queensland Thunder made the trek up to Caboolture and came away with a 3-1 win thanks to goals from Wilfred Phillip, Luke Butel and Jediah McCartney. So, Adam, that's the results from the weekend. The, we'll go back to, firstly to the game which we covered on our social media platforms from round 18 up there in Mackay and a really good performance from the home side, wasn't it? Uh, it's it's funny that I, I was saying before about the other two, two of the other uh, Australia Cup bound teams and uh, Magpies Crusaders. Uh, 
very, very good, very good winners over uh, South United, uh, South, you know, South Southside Eagles. I should We've say. We've all made that mistake. Don't worry. Yep, Southside Eagles. Um, yeah, a game that you know I think potentially could have been a bit of a banana peel game, considering that uh, Southside Eagles are fighting for their sort of lives, you know, in the lower reaches of, of the standings. But uh, yeah, they're. Uh, Magpies Crusaders now are five, five wins in the last six. So they're they're actually falling from form ahead of uh, a a what will be a huge um, night on Saturday night against the A League's uh, Macarthur FC at the big stadium at BB Print Stadium in Mackay. So they're in form. Morgan Saunders um, since he's joined since he's joined uh, Magpies Crusaders from East, he's been in in great form and he's he's a huge presence that side. We always thought that Michael Lyle, obviously, you know, from an attacking point of view, was you know a crucial part. But Morgan Saunders, he has been he's been fantastic for them. So uh, look, I think it, obviously it's going to be a big occasion uh, next uh, next uh, Saturday night up there. But look, I think obviously uh, Macarthur will start obviously uh, very very heavy favourites, but. You never know, especially especially in these uh, round three two games of the A League sides haven't played played too much, and then the early stages of their preseason, you, you never really count out the um, the member federation clubs in that regard. It would be a massive massive result for Macau to get it. We hope we wish them all the best with it. I think Morgan Thorns might be cup tied though, having played for East Saddam. Is that correct? Oh, that's extra. I didn't even think of that. I, I imagine we, I have to check. Yeah. We, we might have to check. We might have to check with um, with Magpies Crusaders on that. Uh, I I'd imagine he will be. I think it's a, yeah. But uh, but as far as the league form goes, he's been uh, absolutely you know pivotal to that that uh, that winning run they had. The only blemish on their record was that um, that game that that we covered them at uh, Taraba Park a couple of weeks ago. Absolutely. Another thing from this game, which we did cover, there were two red cards, one for Diego Kiba, and I will not be oh. repeating what he had to say. I do not have enough enough um, curse word buzzers to cover over that one, unfortunately. But there was a second red card as well, Adam, in this game as well. It was a bit of a night of red cards, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, I think the full moon might have been out. So, yeah, a couple of couple of interesting ones. The Diego Kiba one especially was uh, very, very bizarre. I'm not going to repeat what he said obvious, for obvious reasons, but uh, yeah, they're, 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 um, their coach rip out your hair, you know, moments, those ones. Uh, yeah, how he's shown straight red. Look, uh, whichever way you look at it, you know, not, not, not good. Absolutely. Some of the other results from the weekend were quite interesting. Mitchelton, who for a long time, Adam, they've been in and around the bottom of the table. Three wins in recent weeks over teams in and around the top four. Firstly, Magpies Crusaders. Then they beat Rosedale last week. This week, they've beaten Western Pride. And they've found some really good form at the at the right time. Absolutely. Uh, we've always been saying that, you know, we were in the first half of the season, we were fairly disappointed with the with the uh, side that they had, the squad that they had, that they, that sort of their performances haven't reflected. I think it's actually starting to come across, and you're right. They they have knocked off, you know, teams one, three, and four in, in, the, last, in the last month. So, um, obviously, they've turned a corner. And for the first time, I do believe that they're, um, they are out of the uh, relegation or the relegation playoff spots. Absolutely, it is the first time this year that Mitchelson do find themselves out free of those spots. The two sides who are in those positions are Ipswich Knights, who a very credible result at home over Redlands United. They that's a good result, but it still leaves them languishing at the bottom of the table. Also, Kabulcha, who did go a goal up over South Queensland Thunder, but 
Still not able, still not able to reverse that form line, unfortunately. Terry Kirkham's side. Yeah, uh, 10 out of 11 losses. Losses now since uh, the talisman captain, uh, Ken Prestani, left for, to play his football in Norway. And, uh, yeah, that's a, that's, a, that's a sinking ship that needs to be uh, righted. Uh, at the moment, they're, they're, uh, as Caboolture now have entered themselves into the uh, relegation playoff spot in 10th spot. Uh, but... Uh, but I think also as well, that, that's a big win for Southwest Queensland Thunder as well, who, who they keep their finals hopes alive. Where, where the tables you're going to, as you'll read out shortly, is Brisbane Strikers with playing three less games to everyone else. That will be the wild card as far as, far as the finals uh, chase goes. It absolutely will. And you're teaming up. I will go through the table now for FQPO one on the men's side. Roadster Rovers sit top of the league on 36 points ahead of Redlands United, on 35, then it is Western Pride 27, Magpies Crusaders on 27. That rounds out the final spaces as it is currently constructed. And it's Southwest Queensland Thunder in the fifth on 26 points. And as you mentioned, Brisbane Strikers three games in hand on 23 points. Sunshine Coast Fire 20, Southside Eagles 19, Mitchelton 16, Caboolture in that playoff spot now on 15, and Ipswich on 11. So that finals race there could get very, very interesting if Brisbane Strikers were able to to claim maximum points in in their catch up games, Adam. Absolutely, and that is, this is where again they they are they were expected to be uh, in 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 the, in the uh, top. In the, in the top four, at least, uh, at least uh, those are the objective thinking, uh, and uh, and yeah, so they and, and like I said they they still have got the destiny in their own hands, but uh, look, they need they need to uh, perform and uh, make maximum points out of those three matches. They most certainly do. And quickly now, we'll look at the FQPL two. Well, there's only been two games played in the last seven games. The first of those was a catch up game from round sixteen. Winham Wolves with a 3-1 win over Holland Park Hawks. A brace from Graham Fife giving them the win in that game. And from round 18, Adam, Sanford Rangers went to Albany Creek on Friday night and came away with a 4-1 win. A hat-trick from Patrick Theodore helping them along the way. And it's the first loss of the year for Albany Creek. And it, it's probably a very costly one in terms of any premiership hopes that the um, the Albany Creek side had. Yes, that I think pretty much hands uh, surface paradise the FQPL two premiership. I I would uh, say uh, I think now we start to go and look at the dates and see when they can clinch the league. Uh, look, uh, it, as far as you know, Albany Creek themselves go, if they, as far as their title, like total hopes may be gone. But I, I think I think if they've got enough wins uh, and you know draws in the in the pocket that they can probably still go enjoy fast football. But you know, if the if the objective for them was was uh the was the premiership, uh that loss has pretty much sunk sunk that ship. But uh also as well, uh we also discovered that it's three promotion automatic promotion places for FQPL two to up to FQPL one this season. So uh Wynn Wolves at the moment have found themselves in you know, in the automatic promotion spot, and Sanford Rangers by by way of their win, they're sitting fourth, which they have a, a potentially for seasons to end tomorrow. They would have a playoff against uh, their old nemesis from last season, uh, Caboolture. 
for for a spot in FQPL one next season in the playoffs. So, but uh, obviously, again, plenty of games not played in that league at the moment. Uh, a few of those catch up games, even you know, Magic United and Turinga, uh a bit further back, they, they've got a couple of games uh, spare on those teams in the top five. But it is starting to. You start to see the teams that you know look like they'll be playing finals football and sides that may be leaving their runs a bit too late. Absolutely, service pros are probably very, very close to not only securing the premiership, but also that official promotion. We'll have to have a look at the math and find out if they have reached that marker or not, but they'd be certainly very, very close to it. Let's look at the table now. They are on 45 points ahead of Albany Creek, 33, Wynnum Wolves, 30, Sanford Rangers, 28, Holland Park Hawks, 24, Magic, 20, Turingo 18, North Star 18, Grange 17, South United 17, Coomer at 13, and Virginia rounding at table on 11 points. So it is a very, very tight table, Adam, but it does seem like it might be five into four for the finals and potentially five into three for the promotion spots as well. Yeah, I, I would I would say that uh, Holland Park and Magic United are sitting five and six. Probably the only teams that probably could catch Sanford in in fourth in fourth spot, I think that's probably where the that bat, that battle lies. I think perhaps Taringa may be one loss too many, uh, unless they can they can get a real they can get a one against the grain and also as well some results help them out. So so yeah, so I think that that's even even FQPL two, which we're saying has been close for a while, uh, even South in mathematically in 10th place on 17 points, potentially have a shot. But again, it's just mathematical more than anything else. Absolutely. So that does recap the round of the week in Queensland football. And before we wrap up, who's your performer of the week? Um, we, we normally give the uh, performer of the week to obviously a multiple goal scorer, but there's plenty of hat-tricks um, out there. But uh, look, I think it's fairly obvious who I'll probably give my uh, performer of the week to, and that would be Zach Kierpal coming off the bench, scoring a hat-trick and rescuing a point for, uh, for Olympic. That's my performer of the week. So predictable. Yep. So, so, as far as I... <laughs> For me, I'll go for a different goal. I'll have to go for somebody who's got two goals, Graham Five. It's great to see him continuing to play really good football down there at uh, Wynnum Wolves in the FQPL. So we've seen him for a very long time and I'm playing a lot of good football at the top end of top end of the leagues here in Queensland. Great to see him still kicking on. I'll give him my performer of the week. Yeah, no, Graham Fife, one of the one of the, the best players over a long period of time in the local leagues for Redlands now doing his doing his bit for uh, Wolves and potentially uh, promotion back to FQPL one is on the cards for him. So uh yeah, uh, obviously they are he's uh still kicking on now. I don't I don't want to reveal how old he is, but look, he's he's still as good as ever. A legend of Queensland football, no yes. doubt about that. Thorough decision of the Brisbane Football Reviews NPL Sunday Show. Adam, thanks for joining me once again. Yep, thanks, Scott. Always a pleasure. We'll be back next week to recap all the weekend action in the NPL and FQ, as well as the Australia Cup. We'll talk to you all then.